Amen. Well, remain standing for the reading of God's Word. Good morning. This is uh, Romans chapter 3, verses 27 through 31. This is the Word of God. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since God is one, who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Praise God for the reading and the hearing of his word. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the singing of your church, the gathering of your church, the fellowship of your church. Oh God, we thank you for the privilege that it is that we have to worship you. The God of all gods, the creator of the universe, we are nothing in your sight and yet so dearly loved because of Jesus Christ and what he has done. Lord, we thank you that you are resurrected as we will be when you come. And Jesus We ask you to come even today. That would be wonderful. But Lord, until your second coming, Lord, keep us faithful, keep us humble, keep us on mission. Lord, use us as we swim in the pool of your salvation and as we experience the wonderful waterfalls of your grace. Oh God, give us community together that reflects your heart. God, give us grace to hear your word, to change habits. There's some habits inside of us, Lord, that are wonky and sinful and wrong. And, oh, God, give us humility to repent and to confess. And, Lord, help us to embrace the beauty of what you're calling us to, which is to boast in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, God, all of these things in the mighty name of Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy post-Thanksgiving to you all. And uh, all God's people said, uh, I'm full, right? (laughs) Feels like, yeah, part of this service, this is always the service in between the holidays. You know, we're not quite to Christmas. We're after Thanksgiving. Feels like we should lead off the sermon with everybody standing up and doing some jumping jacks. Amen? And just kind of work off some of the turkey and some of the... uh, the eating that we've done, and some of you, us still have some eating ahead of us, so um, it's been a great few days. I hope it's been a great few days for you as well. Uh, well, welcome to church. My name is Josh. I'm the preaching pastor here. Romans chapter 3 is where we're going to be this morning. We're so thankful that you are here with us to worship Jesus, and we are concluding our fall series in Romans this morning. Uh, this series has been called Romans, the Power of God. For salvation, and we will return to Romans uh, this next fall, the fall of 2023. We're going to 
progressively work through Romans over the next, probably, I don't know, was that 62 years? We should be through that, you know, like we're going to go every fall for the next few years as we work through uh, the book of Romans. And I've told several of you, working through Romans is, is, uh, is an amazing experience for the soul because it's petrifying, because it's so deep. It is exhilarating because the truths are so powerful and incredible. And it's, it's very humbling to my heart to preach through Romans because there's so much responsibility that I feel certainly walking through each verse uh, with you. So it's been a joy. It's been awesome. Uh, my sermon title this morning is this, Bye Bye Boasting. Bye Bye Boasting. Bye Bye. Okay, that is... The sermon title this morning, Bye Bye Boasting, and we're going to go back to the waterfall metaphor that I used last week because it is certainly late November in Iowa, and it was cold and rainy this morning when I woke up, so I figured we might as well have a metaphor from Hawaii. Can I get an amen? We need, we need lots of metaphors about Hawaiian waterfalls, so we are going to return to that metaphor, and if you remember what we said last week... Um, the metaphor, the pool was the pool of salvation, right? Jumping into the pool of salvation and being showered with the waterfalls of God's amazing grace. And if you remember some of that, we, we got into the pool by faith. We jumped into the pool by faith. And, and as the waterfalls came down, the blessings of being saved in Jesus Christ were big theological words such as redemption and justification and propitiation. So those are the waterfalls of blessings that fall down on us when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, every sinner has the same journey. You're born with the sin curse of Adam and Eve. You have a sin nature, just like I do. And we all have this journey through life that is marked by sin and struggle. Can I get a witness, right? Anybody sinning and struggling out there? For sure. Because it's sweaty and it's hot and the, the journey is long and sometimes you feel weary based off of circumstances that you cannot control. And sometimes the circumstances are because of your sin, which is also painful. But the reality is, is that we're all wa walking through this broken world and sin is a reality of us and it's inside of us, and pride gets in the way. But when God brings us to the pool of salvation, we look at it with big, huge eyes, right? And we say, this is amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Here comes the gospel of Jesus, the cross of Christ, the blood that was shed, the resurrection from the dead. And we say, for those of you who have believed in Jesus, I'm jumping in. I'm, I'm jumping in. I want this. It's, it's irresistible. I have to. God is drawing me in with this beautiful message that I can be forgiven. So you make the jump and you're saved. And all God's people said, amen, right? That's good. But then when you, when you experience the joys of salvation... And you're experiencing justification and you're experiencing redemption and propitiation and all these wonderful things. You, you, your head comes above the water and you look around and you're like, oh my goodness, there are other people in this pool, right? And, and realize 
the Christian life is that there's a bunch of other people in this pool. And this pool called salvation is not just for you. It is for everyone who has put their faith and trust in Christ. And that is an amazing realization. When you talk to someone in the pool of salvation and you're like, you too? And they're like, yeah, me too. That is cool, right? Do you guys remember when you were first saved? Remember when you first were born again? And you talk to a new, another Christian for the first time? Blows your mind, right? Blows your mind that God worked in someone else in the same way that he worked in you. And when you meet other Christians, it is like super life-giving because the faith, the shared faith of Christ is an amazing reality. And we swim in the pool of salvation and we experience the waterfalls of righteousness in community with other people. And the pool's never crowded, amen? It's never too crowded. Here's the reality. Just as a, a side comment, as a Christian, and I've said this to many of you, and I've said it over and over again since I've become a Christian, the most important changes or the most impacting changes in your Christian life will be the people that you hang out with and the books that you read. All right, make no bones about it. You will succeed in the Christian life in as much as the people you hang out with are Christ followers and the books that you read will impact you towards hopefully following Christ even more. So here's the big idea as we approach the passage of Scripture. As a community of believers, there's other people in the pool of salvation. As a community of believers who believe in Christ, this passage is going to give us two habits that we must say bye-bye to, and one habit we should say hello to. So two habits we should say bye-bye to, bye-bye, right? And the girls were faithful to bring me to my in-sync days, right? Dad, wasn't that that old band that you used to listen to? Baby ain't no lie, baby, bye-bye-bye, you know? And I could, I could do the dance, I suppose, but no, let's not, let's not. So we got to say bye-bye, right? The way that uh, my little Simeon, less than two years old, the way she says bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. We have to say bye-bye to some habits in our lives as we're part of this new community of believers drinking of the pool of salvation and the waterfalls of righteousness. There are certain things we have to say bye-bye to. And then there's one thing we have to say hello to. We've got to say hello to, if we're going to have good Christian community and growth in Christ, there's one thing we have to say hello to, which reminds me of Adele. That's the one Adele song, right? And I know because I'm on a music kick here in this point. So we have to say hello, right, to, to one thing. <laughs> got to make your sermons memorable. Got to make them memorable. Okay, so here's the question that the text answers. The text answers a question regarding the topic of boasting. What is the role of boasting in the Christian's life? Like, what am I supposed to do as a believer with the idea of boasting? Because how you handle boasting is going to determine the level of joy you have in the pool of salvation with the community of other believers. You have to handle boasting in the right way. Way. Now, this is a really interesting topic. If you look at the Old Testament and New Testament, 
it speaks very consistently about this idea of boasting. There is bad boasting and there is good boasting in the Christian life. You need to know the difference between the two because you, you can get in a habit of bad boasting. And in Christ, Jesus opens up a whole new path for us as Christ followers to boast in the Lord. And that's a good kind of boasting. And also there is um, just some really interesting things that Paul says in this text regarding habits about discrimination as well. So that's where we're going. Paul's going to give us three habits that we must embrace. Three habits that we must embrace if we're going to enjoy the pool and the waterfall of righteousness and grace with other Christians. So let's get right to it. The first habit that we must embrace in this text is the habit of saying bye-bye to bad boasting. You have to get in the habit of saying bye-bye to bad boasting. Look at with me in verse 27. What then becomes of our boasting? That's Paul's question. What becomes of our boasting because of Christ and his righteousness and his salvation? It is excluded. That is the answer. Boasting is excluded by what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. So bad boasting is, according to Paul, a boasting in self. And if you are saved, you've jumped into the pool of salvation, and you're wondering, okay, what do I do with boasting? Self-boasting or bad boasting is now excluded from your life by the law of faith. So in other words, once you jump in the pool of salvation, there is something you must do. You must stop boasting in a bad way. Now, easier said than done, right? Like some of our worst habits as sinners is boasting in bad ways, boasting about ourselves, boasting about our stuff, boasting in the sinful flesh. Like that is a real issue. And we have to say bye-bye to that because in Christ, we have a whole new possibility. Here's what John Stott, the great theologian, said about bad boasting. He said, boasting is the language of our fallen self-centeredness. And isn't that true? Boasting is the language of our fallen self-centeredness. And there's lots of different ways you can boast badly. So see if any of these relate to some of your experience as a sinner. The first way you can boast badly is this. You can say, look at me. Okay, If you want to boast badly... Tell people in your life, hey, look at me, right? That is the worst. When you talk about yourself and it's all about you all the time, that literally grates the people around you so much because you know what? They don't really care because you're not the center of the universe. You just think you are in your selfishness. And that is really bad boasting. And I put as a side note here, these are... These are conversations that you have with one-upper stories. You guys ever had one-uppers? Of course you have. You've been the recipient of one-upper stories where you're like sharing the story and this experience and this thing happened to me and someone looks at you and you can tell by their smile that they're about ready to obliterate your story with their better story. And they'll say, well, hey, that's a really great story. But let me tell you my story. And then they totally one-up your story, and you're like, oh, that stinks. Now, before you get all self-righteous, 
you have been the one-uppers, right? We've all been the one-upper. We have heard a story and we're like, ah, oh, that's okay. But I have a better one than that. And then you one-up somebody in your conversation, right? We just came off of Thanksgiving, lots of hours, gathered with family, telling stories. And like, there's certain one-upper things that happened even this weekend. And you're like, oh, it stinks. But that is a bad way to boast. That's what we have to say bye-bye to. When you feel the urge to one-up somebody else's stories, stop. Just don't do it. Save yourself some pain. Can I get an amen? Right? Here's another way to be a bad boaster. Look at my works. Look at my works. Look at all the things I've done. This is where we start comparing numbers. You want to make yourself feel really bad in life? Start comparing numbers. Build your life off of numbers. Here's my numbers compared to your numbers, and my numbers are higher, and my percentages are greater than yours, and here's where the numbers are, and here's where the numbers will be because of me. Those numbers, no matter what numbers you're comparing, no matter what the context is, that is a bad way to boast, comparing yourself with other people because you know what? You're always going to be better than somebody, and somebody is always going to be better than you, and it's this rat race of comparison, and that is so discouraging, and that is is the bad boasting, Paul says, that is being excluded now because of faith in Christ. Here's another one real quick. Look at my accomplishments. Look at my resume. Look at my wins. Look at all my wins, Nebraska fans. Yeah, you Nebraska fans. And Michigan fans, go blue, right? Go blue. Now listen, most of that's in really good humor, back and forth, jabbing back and forth. As an Iowa fan, not so fun this year to be on the receiving end of the Nebraska boasting, right? But that's mostly in good, good humor. But here's the reality about boasting. When we start saying, hey, look at my resume, look at my team, look at my wins, look at my stuff that I follow, that is really a slippery slope of pride. Here's another one. Look at how many people love me. Look how many followers I have. Look how many likes I got for this and that. Just in my devotions this week, I read about Nebuchadnezzar. You ever heard about him? Daniel chapter 4 and 5, Nebuchadnezzar, his son Belshazzar, they are men full of pride and arrogance and God cut them down. But Babylon, uh, or I'm sorry, um, Nebuchadnezzar had the prophet Daniel come and say, look, you're going to get cut down like a tree. You're really proud. You're really big. You're going to get cut down. There's going to be nothing left. One year later, Nebuchadnezzar, with Daniel's prophecy in his brain, got on his back porch and looked over Babylon. He said, is this not the great Babylon, the great kingdom that my hands have built? Danger, danger, bad boasting, bad boasting. God threw him down and he was in the fields eating grass with long nails and long hair, really nasty looking guy. Because God will not share his glory with anyone else. And we have bad boasting examples like that to run away from. Don't be like that. But boasting in self and the flesh is really dangerous to those who have jumped in the pool of salvation and righteousness. When you love Christ and you've believed in Christ, it is an amazing thing to live by grace. Amen? It's amazing when God's grace is the fuel of your life. But yet be aware, the flesh will try to sneak in and say, hey, remember that boasting stuff you used to do? You should do that again. And when you do that and you indulge the flesh, you ruin the community of believers that are living by grace through faith. 
So here it is, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. If you consider the New Testament, so many passages, 1 Corinthians 4, 5, Galatians chapter 6, like so many passages of Scripture warning believers, stay away from bad boasting. 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says this, For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive, and if you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? What a powerful verse of grace. If Christ was received by you and you had faith in Christ, why are you going around boasting as if you didn't receive that gift of salvation from Christ? So if you've jumped in the pool of salvation and you are drinking in these waterfalls of righteousness and you're hanging out with all the other community of believers How ridiculous is it for you to be swimming around the pool saying, hey, it's pretty awesome. This is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. You know what? My cannonball into this pool was perfect. Did you guys see my cannonball? So perfect. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Did you see my dive? My dive was really good. And then everybody who's like really struggling to get saved, right? They're like, how did you get in? I just like tipped my foot in the water. And, you know, like they're really quiet because they're like, yeah, my, my, my entry wasn't so great. But you can see how ridiculous that is. Who cares if you did a cannonball or if you did a swan dive or if you did like a belly flop or you barely got into the pool? Who cares? You're saved by grace through faith. Amen? Who cares? So it's so ridiculous for us as Christians to start comparing Oh, you did drugs before you got saved. I wish I had a drug testimony. I got saved in Sunday school when I was six years old. Woe is me. Are you kidding me? That's how we sound at times as Christians comparing testimonies and who who has the best one. You know what? Nobody really cares. What you really care about is Jesus, that he saved you. Bad boasting is getting into the wrong conversations about the wrong things that don't really matter. So we say bye-bye to bad boasting. Bye-bye. We don't need to live that way anymore, Christian. You don't have to compare and contrast how you got saved or what happened here or there. Just say no to bad boasting. Second habit that we must embrace this morning is saying bye-bye to discrimination. Bye-bye to discrimination, verses 28 through 30. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised by faith. The beauty of jumping into the pool of salvation by faith in Jesus is that you will see all kinds of people jump in the pool as well by faith. Jews will jump in, praise the Lord. Gentiles will jump in. Can I get a Gentile amen? You know, we, you know we're jumping in. We'll take Jesus all day long. White-skinned people will jump in, praise the Lord. Brown-skinned people will jump into the pool of salvation, praise the Lord. And every type of person in between will jump in by faith in Christ. And all of God's people say hallelujah, right? So there's no discrimination. God shows no discrimination regarding what types of people are getting saved. 
In fact, every tribe, every tongue, and every nation who puts their faith in Jesus Christ will be on the same level, swimming in the same pool. Praise God. I get all fired up about this because we are so bad in our culture at drawing distinctions that God doesn't draw. God loves every person, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, and God is doing something right now all over the world through the message of Jesus Christ that people are jumping into salvation, this pool of salvation and righteousness with or without your permission. And what you're called to do as a Christian is to rejoice in what God's doing. Did you know the continent of Africa, the continent of Africa will be the center of Christianity in five short years? By most, most missiologists say this. The continent of Africa is growing so rapidly in its Christianity that it will be the epicenter of Christianity in five years. I hope you can rejoice in that, church. We have a God who is a global God. Europe, that's, that's old news right in Europe. The gospel's old news, man. They got cathedrals. They got gospel witnesses. They got Paul preaching the gospel, spreading the church plants all throughout Europe. That's great. America, we're on the decline. Let's be honest. We are on the decline in Christianity, and we got preachers and, and Christians all over the country that are striving, right, to stem the tide of us losing our Christian faith. But we are, on, broadly speaking, on the decline, and we're probably second or third place. Now, Americans don't like to be second or third, amen? We like to be number one. We are number one for Christianity. Just ask us. But God is stirring in South America. God is stirring in Africa. Who knows how many Christians are, are living underground in China as we speak. Praise the Lord. We should praise God for our brothers and sisters who are, who are doing this church thing underground. There's untold millions of Christian converts in China, praise the Lord. And in the Middle East right now, amongst Muslim shadows, there are Christians being converted to Christ through all different kinds of means right here and right now. Our God is a global God. We have no right to show discrimination to anybody. How ridiculous would it be if we're sitting in the pool and we're like, oh, no, you can't come in. Sorry. You don't look like me, talk like me, sound like me. As if you have any authority to keep someone out of the pool of salvation. If God is drawing them in, they're going to get saved. Jesus will be irresistible to them. We need to say, change my attitude, oh God. Come on in. Pool's big enough. The righteousness of the waterfalls of grace are really amazing. Come be a part of it. That is the attitude. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thomas Wright said this. He said, the message is simple. All who believe in Jesus belong to the same family and should be eating at the same table. That is what Paul's doctrine of justification is all about. Praise the Lord. We are all grafted into the promise that God gave Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 when he said, In you, Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Throughout, throughout human history, God has always opened up his heart and his hands to the Gentiles as well as the Jews to bring salvation to all the world and to make it available to all the world so we can say bye-bye to discrimination. 
We can say bye-bye this morning. As a habit of our lives, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. So church, our most honored guests are people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. I'm so encouraged by what God is doing, what he's building amongst the nations in our church. We have, we have members from seven countries in our church. That's a, that's a praise Jesus, right? We're getting warmed up to some really, really good like multi-ethnic, multicultural ministry initiatives in this next year, in 2023. God has planted us right here amongst our neighborhoods to be a non-discriminatory church. Can I get a praise Jesus, right? Praise Jesus. So let's do this. Let's, let's lean into this bye-bye attitude to say we're not going to be a church of discrimination. As long as you can jump in the pool of salvation by faith in Christ alone, you're with us. Praise the Lord. Third habit we must embrace if we're going to enjoy the pool of salvation and the waterfalls of righteousness is this. We must say hello to good boasting. We must say hello to good boasting. So we said bye-bye to a couple things. Now we're saying hello to something, and this is good boasting, verse 31. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. So Paul finishes the passage here by telling believers that they are supposed to boast. They are supposed to do this. And you might be saying, wait a minute, you just told us not to boast. Yeah, don't do the bad boasting. Do the good boasting. Boast in the Lord. Boast in Christ. Now, how do you do that? By faith, right? This law of faith doesn't overthrow the law of God. That's what Paul says. The gospel actually upholds the law of God. Because the law is fulfilled by Christ. Christ came to fulfill the law. So if you want to fulfill the law, you uphold, you lift up Jesus Christ. You talk about Jesus Christ. You bring Jesus Christ into your conversations, into your life, and you let Christ be known not only in your life, but everywhere you go. Jesus said that the law was fulfilled through Matthew 22, 37 through 40, through loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. So in in a sense, to be saved by Christ is to transfer your boasting from self to Jesus. So you got to do good boasting, but you can say bye-bye to the bad boasting, and now you start filling up your conversations and your life and your perspective with a boasting in Jesus. So... Some Christians say, well, I shouldn't boast about anything. To be truly spiritual, amen? To be truly spiritual, I shouldn't boast about anything ever. No, 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 you should boast. Just don't boast in yourself. (laughs) Change the object of your boasting. Boast in the Lord. That's what you have to do. Now, I'm going to give you a few characteristics and pointers of how to do good boasting. Good boasting. Um, the first, the first attitude is to look at Christ. Tell people about Jesus. If you want to boast well, point to Jesus and say, look at Christ. Right? Don't look mainly to me for your salvation. Look to Christ for your salvation. An, a good boasting person says that. Another characteristic of a good boast is this. Look at the cross. If you want to boast well to someone, tell people about the cross of Christ. Here's Galatians 6.14, this is what Paul said. May I never boast except in of the Lord 
of the Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Don't boast. Don't do the bad boasting. But if you're going to boast, boast in Jesus Christ. Boast in his cross. Tell people about the cross and what the cross has done for you. That is a good boast. How about this next one? Look at my weaknesses. That's a good boast. According to scripture, look at my weakness. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, Jesus said to me, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Boasting in your weaknesses? I mean, how in the world do you do that? Doesn't that sound like the worst thing of all time? Let me just tell you about my weaknesses, right? So there's, there's a bad way to interpret 2 Corinthians 12.9, and there's a good way to interpret 2 Corinthians 12.9. The bad way is to read that verse and say, well, I guess I'm supposed to boast in my weaknesses. So you get in everybody's face and you say, hey, let me tell you how bad I am. You know, like, hey, you come here real close. I'm going to tell you how bad I am. Here's my struggles. And then you just start vomiting all of your weaknesses all over everybody. Everybody... That's not good, okay? You are actually deterring the very point of what you're trying to go for. When you're like, hey, I'm bad, I'm the worst, 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 I'm bad, I'm the worst. No, I'm bad. I'm the worst. You're actually drawing way too much attention to yourself, and you're actually doing the bad boasting, okay? Here is what it does mean. And as the great prophetess Danielle Daggett would say, good boasting is knowing yourself well enough to know that you have weaknesses. I thought that was a great definition that she gave. It's knowing yourself well enough to know that you have weaknesses. So when you have weaknesses, you don't run away from them, you acknowledge them. You don't try to push him in people's face, but you understand that unless God shows up, things are not going to happen. That is boasting in your weaknesses. The best responses to sermons that I have ever had here at this church is not when I get to the end of the sermon and say, that was pretty awesome. That's, those have been like flatline response weeks when I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? I nailed this. I did this. I did my transition sentence right. I did my points well. I did my thing here. I bet you everybody's going to get saved. The best weeks of response at Living Waters, historically speaking, have been the weeks I have felt the weakest. Where someone says that changed my life or I got saved or that was a breakthrough sermon for me. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That sermon spoke to you? I worked way harder on other ones. That was the one? And God in heaven says, yes, because it's through your weakness that my strength is shown. Here's, uh, here's how we're going to close this out. Because if you're doing good boasting, you're trying to point everybody to Christ with your life. Every aspect of your business, every aspect of your relationships, your friendships, your family. As we go into communion, sometimes, sometimes your sermon illustrations just literally blow to you through the wind, right? This paper literally blew through our neighborhood and landed on a bush 
right in front of our house. And I went by, I'm like, oh, the paper. They still make that? <laughs> that's my first thought. They still do print copies of the Des Moines Register? That's amazing. Secondly, was like, I looked at it and it said S-P-O-R-T-S, my love language. Oh, it's the sports section. I'm definitely stopping and I'm definitely picking that up. This is now my sports section. So I take it, I pick it up, and there is a front page article on a gal who plays for Iowa State basketball called Stephanie Soros. And the title of this article is, It's Playing for God. And I started reading this article, and this woman is amazing. She is the daughter of Brazilian missionaries. She's lived in Brazil her whole life. She came to California. She went to the Master's College with, you know, John MacArthur. Like, she went and played basketball there from the Master's College in NAI school. She was a two-time All-American Player of the Year and now she transferred to Iowa State. She had offers from 25 Division I schools. She chose to go to Iowa State because Iowa State was the first person to offer her. And this is the reality of what she said. She says, I play for an audience of one. And she said, everything I do is for Jesus Christ. God has gifted me with the ability to do that. And I said, well, that'll preach. I'll bring it to church on Sunday. <laughs> Because what's the point of a story like that? It's good boasting. It's good boasting. You're saying to Des Moines Register, Jesus. Everybody who reads that, you're saying, Jesus is why I play. Jesus is why I've been gifted with this. This is a cross-centered way to glorify God and to boast well for God. You may never get to be in the Des Moines Register. You, you may never get to be that. I don't know. But the point is, whether you're ever in the paper or not, your life should boast about Jesus Christ and his grace to you. That you're swimming in the pool of salvation, not because you did anything. All you did was receive the mercy and grace of God. And you beheld Jesus and you said, yes, I believe by faith. That's all you contributed. And that's the best news in the world. So as we go to communion... We got to say goodbye to some things. We got to say bye bye to some things. You got to say bye bye to bad boasting. And some of you need to confess that as sin as we go to the communion table. Some of you have gotten caught up in boasting about yourself, talking about yourself. There's just been a lot of self this week. And I can just tell you that if you're a Christ follower, it just doesn't sit right in the pool of salvation, it doesn't sit well. So some of you need to get right with Jesus in that way. Some of you need to say bye bye to discrimination. Some of you have been very judgy of other people groups, other people in your life. Like they can never be saved. They could never. And some of you need to get rid of that and confess that. Jesus is a global savior. And some of you need to say hello to good boasting and consider how, do, how does Jesus want me to step out for him, to be unashamed, to boast about his work of grace in my life. Communion is a great time as a Christian, to get right, to consider what Christ has done for you and to get things settled, get things current. For those of you who don't know Jesus yet, communion is not for you. If you're not a believer, if it's not personal to you, you've not repented or believed in Jesus, stay in your seats. Don't go back. Do not heap judgment on yourself. Just sit in your seat and get saved. Communion mornings are great mornings to become Christians. 
But I would encourage you, if you don't know Christ, come to Christ. Jump in the pool of salvation, and we will rejoice with you. Okay? So that's what we're going to do. You've got about eight minutes or so for communion. When you are ready to go get the elements, you can go back and get those elements. Pastor Rob will lead us through uh, the elements together, and then we'll close up. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for the word, and thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord, we all bow our knees before him. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Father, we are so thankful for his sacrifice on the cross, the pool of salvation, the righteous waterfalls of grace. Lord, we got to make some decisions about habits in our lives, bad boasting. We We all do it. We need to ask forgiveness for it. Christ, there's victory in your blood. There's victory in your resurrection. We get victory over sin. So God, just give grace and mercy all over our congregation. Lord, may they just feel the love of Jesus now. And God, give us response, wisdom. Give us grace to respond well. Pray for any that don't know Christ. May this be the morning of their salvation. Lord, bless our time as we remember your body and blood. In Christ's name, amen.